Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. We're starting a new series this month on extravagant love. Anybody love extravagant love? Okay, a few of you. That's good to know. Well, <laughs> but when, when, you know, when I, I was asked to speak today, I said yes. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. What's the topic? And then I realized the topic is extravagant love. And I'm like, God, I don't want to speak on an oogie, gushy kind of topic. You know, love, talking about love is all gushy, and I don't know if I can do that, and I can share on love. And, you know, the Lord dropped on me, and he's like, Lillian, love is not ushy-gushy. Wait, anyway, whatever ushy-gushy means. Uh, is there such a word in the, in, the, um, in the dictionary? But he says, love is as strong as death. Love is strong. Love is powerful. And some of us wither away if we don't have love in our lives. So I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll speak on the topic, but I was going through some things. I don't know about you guys, but if I could take the month of October and I could roll it up in a ball and throw it, throw it into the universe to not return to me, I would be happy to do that. So I was having a really hard month in October, and um, that's when I knew I was going to be speaking on this topic, and all I wanted to do was kick somebody in the knees. And then God is asking me to speak on love. Like, come on. Okay, you guys, we don't kick people in the knees, okay? That's just a feeling, but we don't act on it, okay? Okay, it's just me that feels like kicking people in the knees. Okay, let's not dwell there. But anyway, um, you know, I, I started, to, um, started to seek the Holy Spirit, seek the Lord and ask Holy Spirit for dire- uh, direction on what I should share. So it's not going to be ushy-gushy, but it's going to be good. You like good? Yeah? Good. Well, why don't we stand up? I think it's good that we pray and just see how Holy Spirit wants to re-deliver this message um, that he released this morning. So, Father, we thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you that you are God. We thank you that you love us so much, God, and that you choose to come and be with us and tabernacle with us and abide with us. And we're asking this morning... Holy Spirit, that you would come and be in the midst of us, that you would direct my mouth, you'd direct my steps. Lord, that I would be the instrument that you have called for this hour to release your word and, Lord, to bring hope, encouragement, and freedom to your children today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's stay standing because I want to, I just feel like it's really important. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Okay, guys, but I feel it's really important because the Lord really wants to bring encouragement this morning. So what he was saying, and he's saying again, that, you know, we've been hearing the word reset and reset and reset, and it feels like that word has been meaning different things to us. But the Lord says he himself is bringing a reset on the earth right now. And he says that that reset is going to bring us into great freedom, and it's going to deliver us from the trauma and the shock that we have been experiencing in these past times. And the Lord 
Lord says that in this hour that he's going to make his children a shock agent to the world. And the way that he's going to make you a shock agent to the world is true love. That God is about to release us as agents of love into the world where people are perishing and they're coming to recognize that Jesus himself is love and through us that he's going to demonstrate love and he's saying will you be an agent of love? Will you be a shock agent for me? And the Lord says even as in the springtime people who have pools know that the pools are full of all this green algae and it's dirty and it's filthy but they throw in a shock compound into that water and then out of that water it gets so clean and then you can use it and you can swim in it and the Lord says that he is releasing us into the world right now so that we can be shock agents of love. And I felt like there was a challenge in that. Will we put ourselves in that position? Will we say, yes, God, we will be the shock agent of love for you. So who's here wants to be a shock agent of love? Let's just say yes to the Lord. Father, we say yes today. And Father, whatever you're going to speak into our hearts this morning, we say, God, we make agreement with you, Holy Spirit. And however you want to minister to us, we say yes, we will be those shock agents. Oh, to accomplish your will, your purposes on the earth in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Huh. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Well, when we talk about extravagance, what comes to your mind? When you think about extravagance, something that is really expensive, right? Typically, when we think about extravagance, Christmas is coming up, right? I want a really great gift. I hope somebody's going to buy me an extravagant gift, something that's going to exceed my expectations, something that's going to be such a blessing to me, something that's expensive, typically, right? That's when we think about extravagance. Well, that is true, and that's right. And by the way, I don't know if you've been reading the news lately, but they're saying that um, there's a shortage of consumables, meaning shortage of items in the stores uh, for us to buy right now. So they're saying, hurry up and get into the stores so that you can get your gifts before Christmas. And I was thinking about that, and I thought... If we think that Christmas is just about going into the stores and buying gifts, we miss the mark somewhere. Right? Yeah. You know what I would like for Christmas? I would like to have my whole family seated around my dinner table, spending time with me and having great connection and being family without being concerned about endangering their health. Who else would like that for Christmas? Right? That's what we want. That's what, that's what, you know, to me is extravagant. That's what I would like this year. But, you know, there are other times than we, that we, we expect extravagance. And, um, you know, I want to apologize to all you young guys, or oh, not young guys, but all you guys, um, right now before I say this. And if you're actually planning on doing this soon, um, after I say this, this I hope that... Um, you won't need inner healing, but if you do, I do have some places that I can direct you to. <laughs> but anyway, you know when, um, when people are getting engaged, right? The guy goes down on his knees, right? 
and he holds up the ring. Well, I'm hoping that most of you guys did that or are planning on doing that. And he holds up the ring, right? Do you know why he holds up the ring? Because the girl gets to get a glance at the ring before she decides to say yes, right? Is that an extravagant gift or isn't it? Well, you know, extravagance in that sense could mean different thing for different people. And uh, we're not talking about 10 carat um, rings, 10 carat diamond rings. We're talking about the love that's expressed and the guy going out and, you know, actually purchasing the ring and selecting it and choosing it for her. But anyway, extravagance is about being, being unbridled. It's without restraint. When we give something to someone, it's out of, the, out of the fullness of our hearts. And we do it because we love we want to express love. And when we think about this, sometimes it feels like we need superhuman strength to be able to do that. Well, if you feel like you need superhuman strength, I want to tell you that there is somebody who is superhuman and he can help us and empower us to be like him. So all we need to do is ask for Holy Spirit to come and to help us in exhibiting and demonstrating this unbridled, unrestrained love. You know, when we come to know Jesus, sometimes there's this ungodly thought or belief or we feel that as soon as we come to know Jesus, that we will have the capability to love without measure. And sometimes that happens supernaturally for some people, but sometimes, like with me, and I'm still in process, it happens through sanctification. And sanctification is the process whereby day after day, little by little, Holy Spirit helps us and changes, changes us. So if you are here today and you are feeling, you are feeling self-judged or you're feeling like, I don't have the capability to do this. And I don't feel that I can love like Jesus. I don't feel I could love, you know, to, ex to the extent of exceeding somebody's expectations. I want to lift that off of you and say, it's okay. It's okay. You're not there yet, but we can get there. So can you just do that? If you feel that, you just say, you know, I'm going to take this false responsibility off of me right now where there's an expectation for me to love, and I'm going to trust Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit to help me to get there. Are we good with that? Good. Because if there's anybody here who can love like Jesus right now, I would say, can you please come and give me some lessons afterwards? Because I could sure use them. But the thing is, we can we can look to Jesus and we can ask of him so that he will help us to get where we need to go. So let me just talk a little bit. When we're talking about extravagant love, we need to understand what that means. So we'll know where we're headed with this talk, right? So let's talk a little bit about sacrificial love, extravagant love, and human kindness. So sacrificial love is where you give of yourself personally to benefit someone else. You do good for someone else at a personal expense. When we talk about extravagant love, it's where you demonstrate and you exhibit to somebody by exceeding their expectations. So, a couple of examples. Sacrificial love, Jesus on the cross. There is no other comparison. Jesus died on that cross, he gave up his life for us, and he, he it, it, with, without any expectations from us, he just did it sacrificially. When we think about extravagant love, he exceeds our expectations. A good example, Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter, and on the way, a woman who had been bleeding for many years touched his garment, she became healed, and then Jesus turned around. He exceeded her expectations by saying, not only you healed, now you're whole. 
because your faith has made you whole. You're whole. So she didn't just get healed, she became whole again. And wholeness means everything was returned to her the, the way she was before the disease got to her. And then there's human kindness. And human kindness is just caring about other people. It's about caring about their needs. Food, shelter. It's about providing clean drinking water for all citizens of a country without us having to petition our government for them to get clean drinking water. That's just plain human kindness. Does that make sense? Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, well, let me tell you a story about sacrificial love and extravagant love all rolled into one. I don't know about you guys, I barely have time to watch television. I, 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 I kid you not, I don't even know how to manage the, the, the there's like four different um, remotes and I don't even know how to use them. I always have to call my husband to help me. But when I do have time and I just want to kick back and do nothing, you know what I watch? And my family laughs at me for this, okay? I watch something called Country Life or Ideal Life and it's this couple that live in a country in Azerbaijan and they cook all this food and there's no narration, there's nothing, it's just you watch them cooking and eating with their animals, you know, tending their animals. And um, I was going to watch one of those because I like the way they cook. And then I landed on, a sh on some show. When I clicked on the TV, it landed on a show. And the show was about human beings that have been attacked by animals. I was like, okay, what kind of mood am I in tonight? Am I good to watch this or am I not? But anyway, I started watching it and I was just amazed. One of the stories that they were featuring that night was about a mom with her 14-year-old son and they were traveling to uh, Lake Louise. And they parked, um, they were going to the hot springs in Lake Louise in Alberta. And they parked their car and they started walking towards the hot springs. But they had to go through some forested area. And then all of a sudden, the mom says to the son, there's a bear. And there was this big black bear, quite a sizable one. And the mom threw herself in the path of the bear sacrificially to try and save her son. And the bear, I'm going to save you the graphic details and just, you know, because some of us just can't handle um, some of those, um, some of the details that occurred. But she, the bear mauled her and then turned on the son eventually. And he gave a very, um, a, a very detailed description of what it felt like and what had happened to him. And then afterwards, he required reconstructive surgery for so much of his body. But in that, in that situation, his mom didn't make it out. And they were interviewing this young man, and they were asking him, you know, to just recount what happened that day, how he felt um, about the whole situation. He cried when he talked about his mom and what she did. And then they said, and how do you feel about the bear right now? Because your mom sacrificed herself. For you, you still got attacked. And he said, I don't hate the bear. And I, and I still like bears. And he says, the bear was just either scared or trying to protect someone, or it was hungry, and that's why it attacked us. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy must have drank a cup of Jesus this morning. Even though I don't know if he was a believer or not. But what he was doing is he was saying, I am, I am exceeding the expectation of that bear. I, am, I have forgiven, but I'm also saying that I still love bears. 
I am, I am offering unrestrained love towards this animal. And I myself, I'm looking at him, I'm going, I could learn lessons from you. That is what sacrificial love looks like and extravagant love looks like. So, let's have a little look at what Jesus says about this and how Jesus responds when he's placed in a situation where extravagant love is required, where unbridled love needs to be injected into a situation. We were singing this morning about Jesus being our king. Is he your king today? He's our king. He's our savior. He's our master. I love the word master. It means so much when I say he's my master. He gets full authority and full control over me and all that I do. And here's the master. We're going to have a look at what I call a night in Jesus's life. And we're going to be reading from uh, Matthew chapter 26. And I took a few excerpts out of the Passion Translation. And I want us to really get into the story of Jesus. When we think about Jesus in this, in this instance, let us not, let us not um, think that Jesus was God in, in spirit, in his deity of who he was, the Son of God. Jesus was a human being. He was in the flesh. The Bible says that Jesus felt our pain. Jesus felt everything that we, he, he experienced everything that we would ever experience in our lives. And this is how he responded when he was confronted with a situation. And I just want to preface this by saying that many of us have come out of some very hard experiences in these last couple of years. And some of us have had what I call the, the breakdown, the breakup, and the breakthrough. Anybody had breakup, breakdowns, and breakthroughs? How many of you are still waiting for the breakthroughs? Well, I want you to say right now, right now, I am deserving of extravagant love. I am worthy of extravagant love. And we are praying that today will be a great breakthrough for you. So let's go into Matthew chapter 26. And it says, starting at verse 19, Jesus says to the disciples to go and prepare the Passover meal. And then in verse 20, it says, when the evening had come, he sat down with the 12. And as they were eating, he said, assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. May I just stop here for a moment and say, guys, this, the focus of our scripture today in Matthew 26 is not about whether Judas's destiny was to betray Jesus. It's not whether Judas chose to use uh, free will. It's not, that's not our discussion today. We are focusing on Jesus, what he experienced, and how he responded. Are we good with that? Are we good with that? <laughs> okay, so in verse 19 in the Passion Translation, it says, the disciples did as Jesus had instructed them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When evening came, he took his place at the table and dined with the twelve. While they were eating, Jesus spoke up and said, one of you is about to betray me. Feeling deeply hurt by these words, one after another asked him, you don't mean me, do you? He answered, it is the one who has shared meals with me as an intimate friend. Come on, say that, intimate friend. All that was prophesied of me will take place. 
But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays the Son of Man. It would be far better for him if he had never been born. Then finally, Judas the traitor spoke up and asked him, Teacher, perhaps it is I. Jesus answered, You said it. This is one night in Jesus' life. He's sitting, having the Passover meal. He had said, I have desired with a great desire to eat this Passover meal with you, my friends. And he's sitting there and he's having a meal with them. When you share a meal with someone, it's very intimate. You sit close to one another. You, know, you pass the food around the table. Well, not, not so much anymore, but pretty much, you know, when in, 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 in ideal situations. And you're having friendship at that table. That's what Jesus is experiencing. And then he goes on to break the bread and he say, he teaches them about communion, how in the future they will break the bread and remember his broken body for them. And he says, my broken body. And then he gives them the wine and he says, this is my blood that's going to be poured out for you. And he's sitting at that table, shoulder to shoulder with all of them. And then after he talks to them about his body, he says, and the shepherd, me, is going to be struck and all of you sheep are going to be scattered. Can you imagine how that felt for the disciples in that moment? Jesus, what do you mean? Well, Peter steps up and he goes, what do you mean? He says, I don't care. I don't care if everybody leaves you and they desert you. I will never leave you. I'm always going to be there for you, Jesus. How many times have we made that declaration in relationships with people, right? And we find out later on, Jesus says to him, he says, Peter, before the rooster crows tonight or this mo in the morning, you would have denied knowing me three times. And that actually happened. The upside of that is that Peter eventually repents to Jesus and he gets reinstated into his calling and his destiny. But this is the night that Jesus is experiencing. Then they all leave and they go to, the, the, to pray in the garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus goes with Peter, James, and John. And he says, guys, can you wait with me? Just, just wait one hour. I'm going to go up and pray, and I'm going to come back down. And he goes and he prays, and he comes back down. And he sees them sleeping. And he goes, could you not wait one hour with me? And he goes back. Three times he goes. And it says that Jesus is crying to the Father, and he's saying, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to be crucified. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the Bible says that he's sweating blood. Do you know what it's like to sweat blood? Anybody ever sweat blood? He is so saddened. And he comes back down and they're sleeping again. And then Jesus goes. And, and he's in the garden waiting because he knows his time is coming. His friends... They couldn't sit up with him one hour. They were always asleep. And then in verse 47, it says, At that moment, Judas, his one trusted disciple, appeared, along with a large crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent to arrest Jesus by order of the ruling priests and Jewish religious leaders. Now Judas the traitor had arranged to give them a signal that would identify Jesus, for he had told them, Jesus is the one whom I will kiss so seize him. Judas quickly stepped up to Jesus and said, Shalom, Rabbi. And he kissed him on both cheeks. And in verse 50, Jesus turns and he says, My beloved friend, is this why you've come? My beloved friend, he says to him, 
Is this why you've come? In that moment, Jesus is demonstrating a love that is unbridled. He's saying, I know you're betraying me right now, but I am going to overwhelm you. Excessive love and call you my beloved friend. I don't have that in me. I don't know how many of us have it in us, but here's the thing. If Jesus could do it in the flesh, we can do it because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Just want to say three things about this. Jesus chose them all. Do you know that? Jesus chose his disciples. Maybe you chose someone, but they didn't choose you. And you didn't have the capacity to be able to demonstrate that love, that unbridled, unrestrained love. Another thing is, Jesus poured himself into them. Jesus poured himself into the disciples. He gave them everything that he had. He kept teaching them and pouring himself into them. Whom have you poured into? Maybe you spent a lot of time mentoring someone and then they either surpassed you or they, they left you by the wayside. But here's the upside. Do you know that when we mentor someone, in order, the best marker of success is if that person surpasses it? That's true mentoring, that our mentee surpasses us. And Jesus himself demonstrated that with his disciples and he said, greater things will you do because I go to be with the Father and you get the Holy Spirit. Maybe... You love somebody unconditionally. Jesus did that. He loved them in all their messes and in all their sin and in all that they, you know, they were always fighting and arguing with one another. Jesus loved them unconditionally. Maybe you've been loving people through some bad situations. And maybe you have stayed up nights praying with them, talking to them on the phone, messaging them. And then all of a sudden, dead air, nothing else. Jesus experienced that as well. But here's the good side. Jesus chose. Jesus chose to pour, keep pouring love. Jesus chose to keep giving them as much love as he could give them. Guys, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How do we get out of this? What makes the difference? Well, we have the anointing. We have Holy Spirit. And I know, I've had people telling me stories of some really bad situations. And I myself was challenged recently. I want to tell you, I was processing with a counselor last week. Yes, a counselor. The Bible says it's okay to get counsel. Do you know that? It's okay to get therapy before you need therapy. Right? So I was processing with a counselor about a situation. And we were talking about narcissism. I don't know about you guys, but we seem to be seeing a lot of that these days all over the place, right? And in the Bible, in, in 2 Timothy, Paul was saying to Timothy, watch for the last days. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. They will be boastful. It'll be about them. Everything will be about them. And these days, everywhere you look, you see these articles, how to spot a narcissist. Ten signs that you're dating a narcissist. 
How to get out of a relationship with a narcissist? And it all over, right? Narcissism is self-love. It's self-absorption. So I was processing with this counselor about what this all means and being very self-aware. Do you know that the best thing we can do for ourselves is to be self-aware? And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he helps us. And we can move out of places where, where there's potential for us to, you know, to kind of swing into and come out of it through, through the leading of the Holy Spirit. So we were talking about this, and I said, you know, I wanted to talk, um, I wanted to process a, a little bit, because here's the story. Over the years, um, my husband and I, are, uh, you know, we just like to bless people. And we would, you know, randomly pay for people's groceries. We would, you know, one day I, I, was, at the, I, I was at the store and this young man came up. And anyway, he asked me for money to buy food. And I said, do you want just a meal or you want meal for the whole week? He said, I'll take the whole week. I, um, I told him to get a cart, go shopping. I met him at the cash, paid for the food. Then I, got in the, I put the food in my car and I called my husband. I said, listen, I'm taking, I'm taking some random kid home with food, so I just want you to know where I am. Turn on the GPS so you can track me, you know, just in case. Anyway, <laughs> but you know, it, it's become part of our lives. It's who we are and what we do. I was driving in a beautiful summer day in our beautiful little town, and I'm going somewhere, and the Lord uh, stops me, and he goes, there was a food bank right nearby, and, and he says, there was a lady, there were a few people, and there was a particular lady, and he goes, turn around and go back to the food bank, and I'm like, okay, what? He says, I said, like, it's hard to park here. And he goes, there's a driver right there. I want you to pull up beside that lady. I want you to look in your wallet and give her what you have in your wallet. I don't always have a lot of cash on me, right? We're, you know, we're debit card people, right? Anyway, I pulled up and I opened my wallet and I'm like, ooh, I got money in here. So I just wound on the window. I said to her, excuse me, I just want to give you this money and tell you that Jesus loves you. He told me to do this. While the woman starts bawling and crying, like, Jesus, you don't know, I've been praying, she told me, and I felt like God had, had deserted me, but here he is, he's proving himself to me. Come on, is that unrestrained love? Jesus knows how to meet people, right? Yes, he knows where to meet them. So I am familiar with this, I'm used to doing this. But I became so self-absorbed. Remember I said I had a really rough month in October? I was so self-absorbed. And um, I had meetings that day, and I thought, okay, I run to the grocery store and get some lunch, and I'll go back, and then I'll get on my meetings. And uh, Jonathan, that's why I showed up late. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I'm at the grocery store, and, um, and I'm in the parking lot, and a woman approaches me. In our city, we have a huge issue with homelessness and poverty. And um, so we're very conscious of that. Anyway, she comes up, and she's like, Miss, Miss, um, can you give me some money, please? And I was, I was so absorbed in what was going on with me and the issues I'd been dealing with and something that had happened that really broke my heart. And I was so absorbed in myself. And I'm like, you know what? I can't give you money. I, I don't want to give you money because I would prefer to give you some food. And she goes, yeah, food. Okay. I said, what would you like? And she says, well, you could, you know, I could go in the, in the uh, grocery store. You could buy me um, this, that, but I can't eat this. I have these allergies and that allergies. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I totally get that because I can't eat certain things. So I said to her, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurry. I have to go back for a meeting, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I said, let me put my stuff in the back of the car. And as I put the groceries in the back of the car and I turned around, she was gone. And all of a sudden, my heart just started to weep. I felt the Holy Spirit say, child, you missed it. You missed it. You had an opportunity. 
to, to, to demonstrate some more of that inappropriate, unexpected love to this woman, and you missed it. And I got so sad. And he said, you know, Jesus always stopped. He always stopped to love somebody. And I felt so awful, and I went home, and I was repentant, and I was crying, and I was like, God, I can't believe. He says, it's because you were into yourself, self-absorption. He says, it's okay. You're going to get more opportunities, but I want you to be aware. Friends, the way that we're going to reach the world is to be aware, to be the shock agent that God is calling us to be. I took a sabbatical in, in August and spent time with God. And one of the things that I journaled that he was so specific to me about, he says, Lillian, the way that we are going to escape the wiles of the enemy, meaning we, us, he says, the way you, my children, are going to escape the wiles of the enemy is to love without measure. He says, because Satan does not understand love and he does not know love. But that is our one weapon that when we move in love and when we start to give it freely and when we start to exhibit it and when we start to link arms and say, we're going to love instead of hate. He loses the war. We can't do it in our own strength. Jesus said, greater things will you do because I go to be with the Father and Holy Spirit is coming. Let's stand. Greater things will we do. We've been called to be shock agents. This world is going to be turned on its axis. The world is going to be turned because we're carrying the anointing. We have the anointing of Jesus. I love how, how Steve Long puts it. He says, we're little anointlings. Little anointlings. We're carrying the anointing of Jesus. And therefore, just like Jesus responded and said, I'm going to love you guys through this. We too can love people through it. I want us to pray right now. I want to pray for a few things. Some of us in this room have not felt like we were deserving of extravagant love. We just got the little bits we came from, from past. We came from a life where love was not demonstrated. And sometimes it was unhealthy. Sometimes we've been in toxic situations and we said, I am not deserving of love. But today, we want to lay that at the cross. Are we okay to do that? We're going to put that at the cross and say, Jesus, you said I'm deserving. And if you say it, then God, I'm going to receive it. So Father, we come before you today and we say, Lord, everywhere that we believed a lie, because of our experiences, because of our upbringing, because of our past, and we said we don't deserve love and we should not. We should not accept it. It was not ours to be had. Father, we lay this at the foot of Jesus today and we say, we are sorry for believing that lie. And today, we come to Jesus and we say, thank you. You have called me worthy. You have called me deserving. Today, I'm laying it at the feet of Jesus and I say that I am his. And he already made provision for me 
to engage in extravagant love. So I reach up to Jesus and I say, thank you. I receive it. Come on, stretch your hand out and say, thank you, Jesus. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Well, I receive it. There's some people in this room right now and your hearts are still broken. And I want to speak over your lives today and I say that everywhere that lies went into you, in the name of Jesus, I reach into your hearts. I pull those lies out. And I release the truth of Jesus. All the toxicity comes out right now. Everywhere that love portrayed itself as abuse in your life, I break every spirit of abuse over you in the name of Jesus. And I say that's a lie. And that is not Jesus' heart. Abuse is not love. I break that off of you. And I say receive healthy love today. Whoa. Every lie that you have believed, I break it off of you. And Father, I'm asking that the anointing will start to flow in this room right now. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you will come and sit and brood over every heart right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill. Fill. Fill this room right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Whew. If some of you identified with me, with that woman at the grocery store, and you feel you missed it, well, we can repent. 1 John 1, 9. If we repent, he's faithful to forgive us. So, Father, we say wherever we've missed it, Lord, where we've not been aware and taken the opportunity to bless someone, God, to, to knock their socks off with ex extravagance, we say, God, we repent. Forgive us, Lord. We ask that you would wash our eyes and our senses, that you would make us highly discerning of our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers. Those, those that are perishing, that we will see. And God, we say today that we make agreement that we are going to be shock agents for your love. We say today we are transformed, we are changed. And we believe you and we believe your word. And we are going to be those shock agents that you have prophesied that we are going to be. And we are going to be world changers that will fill a world, a dying and a hurting world with love that supersedes the expectations of people who have never encountered love. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I really felt the heart of the Father today was to bring healing to His children so that we could be mobilized and fulfill His directive for us. That from this day forward when we leave this place, we will know we are not just flesh and blood. We are carrying something deep inside of us. We are carrying Holy Spirit inside of us who will now be our compass to make us aware of the places and the opportunities so that we can love people that will exceed their expectations. I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying today, go low and slow. I want to reach my children's hearts. So I bless you. I bless you today. 
that Holy Spirit has come to meet you and that you are a new person as you leave this place, an instrument of extravagant love. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.